Welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am your host today, Tyler Hayward, alongside my co-host, Jeremy File. I, I feel like I'm stressing the importance of roles here, and there's a reason for that. Because the role players for both Michigan and Michigan State stepped up in a big way this past week. Franz Wagner putting up probably his best game in to do it at Purdue, which is easily the toughest place in the Big Ten to play. Uh, says a lot about the freshmen. And then, obviously, against Nebraska, Gabe Brown, Aaron Henry, Kyle Arnes, all with really stellar performances um, in the fact that, you know, Tillman probably had – I'm not going to say his worst game, but he's been Michigan State's most consistent player and he didn't play like that against the Huskers. And so the role players have stepped up big. And so that's where we're shining the light today. And Jeremy, like I said, is with me. And let's start out in West Lafayette and talk about uh, Franz Wagner, um, what he was able to do, how he was able to get his looks. Well, number one, uh, an unrelated fashion, uh, I'm going to do my Bill Walton uh, deal here and talk about something completely unrelated to what Tyler just said. And and also to uh, be perfectly clear, weed is now legal in Michigan, which is where you are, so who cares? (laughs) I do not partake in any marijuana usage. I don't want anyone to think that, and I do not. Uh, But anyway, uh, speaking (laughs) of taking care of yourself, I just want to say this. This, You know, it's kind of related, I guess, role players we're talking about well how about role coaches and i i want to give a shout out to john sanderson at michigan for the strength conditioning that that he provides every year a former buckeye which is really crazy to go to michigan i i think the the way he's handled injuries uh you know livers has been really banged up this year uh you know that is trainers but i think the strength conditioning has a huge part of that michigan's always in great condition every year as well i think franz wagner's had some issues with injuries so uh I the reason why I bring it up is because I worked out yesterday like a madman, and let me just tell you, I need to get on the John Sanderson program because I am sore today, very sore. Worked out the legs, but I really think that it is related in a way. The legs do feed the wolf, and Michigan's defense—they have been outstanding, and they have stayed in front of people. Franz Wagner, you just mentioned him, Tyler. He's been fantastic defensively. As much as he's doing well on offense, he is fantastic defensively, as was everybody, and. This team looks so much different right now defensively. And uh, I just think that they. I wanted to give that shout-out to Sanderson because this is a role-playing show. And, hey, people and coaches have to play their roles. Sanderson's a huge part of that. I think this team is in great shape, as always. I think this team's playing great defense. But Franz Wagner was absolutely huge yesterday, no question. Yeah, I think obviously the defense is kind of the overwhelming theme. They're starting to find their way a little bit more. Um, we thought it would be their defense that kind of carried them throughout the course of the season. And, uh, look, ultimately, up until the last couple of weeks, no, they weren't a good defensive team. They were terrible. Yeah. They were the worst. They were worse than the Big Ten, I think, like a month ago. Terrible. <laughs> and, uh, Can I just do this whole show like Bill Walton? Terrible. Did Tyler, did you know in Michigan? Never mind. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm going to end up like a, a less tame version of the play by play guys. Whoever does the 
stuff with Bill Walton. Nobody because knows. They never get to talk. Sick. They never get to talk with that. I never know. Who, if you will work with Bill Walton, you are going to never be known. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, this defense on this uh, Michigan team, I think, really drove the engine now, like we've said. There's been a couple of things that have kind of played into this, uh, you know, seven of eight game uh, win streak, I guess you could call it. Um, yeah. But what what's the biggest reason? Because, look, Eli Brooks and Franz Wagner, the role players, they've went out and they've had big games. Uh, at the same time, the defense collectively has stepped it up. And then you also have the return of Isaiah Livers, if you had to point to one thing, because let's face it, they're all contributing factors. If you had to point to one thing for this uh, midseason turnaround for the Wolverines, which one are you looking at? I, I think it's 100% the ability of the bench players. I, I think that as well as Livers is, and he makes the main difference, I guess. But really, even with Livers, I think that this team would not be as good if guys like Austin Davis weren't stepping up, if guys like David DeJulius weren't stepping up, if guys like Eli Brandon Johns, Brandon Johns, you know, we always talked about what this season, that they didn't have any depth. Well, they don't even really need more than eight guys right now. Those eight guys are all playing very, very well. And then, hey, look, Colin Castleton came in the other day. He was fantastic against Rutgers. He was absolutely fantastic, Mm -hmm. and he hasn't even seen the floor this year. I think that says a lot about the coaching staff. I think that says a lot about the kids, too, because they, they're the ones that are sitting on the bench for long periods of time, and they come in and play that well. Um, but I really think that we have to talk about that bench right now in Michigan because um, let's just face it, there's a lot of times during the games now, Tyler, where Austin Davis is getting a lot of minutes, where John Teske is kind of sitting on the bench for long periods of time. And that's an outstanding because, I don't think we ever thought that would have happened this year. I never thought Austin Davis was going to see the floor, let alone playing extended minutes. So I think that is the main key, as well as Livers makes this team offensively and defensively. He's he's the guy that really puts them over the top. I think they're not who they are without the bench production of Austin Davis, David DeJulius, Colin Castleton for a couple minutes here and there, Brandon John. That has been the really big difference for this basketball team. Well, well, let me let me let me uh. I'm going to kind of piggyback off you a little bit because, yes, the bench is the key, but I don't think the bench plays this well without Isaiah Livers. Isaiah Livers, when he's in the game, there's more attention to him. He's obviously the best player on this team. And, look, ultimately, I didn't think I would say that as long as Simpson is there and not to – like downgrade the season that Simpson has had this year, but I feel like you could lose Simpson and you put into Julius and you're going to be all right. If you lose livers, you don't have someone else to take all those extra eyes off of Eli Brooks or Brandon Johns or uh, all those other guys, Wagner. And I think that that attention to Isaiah Livers is what's opening things up for the role players. Let me so can I add just one thing real quick, and I'll, I know what you're about to go to, and I think you're absolutely right. And I think we could, you know, what it really is, Tyler. I think it's the best and worst thing that's happened to this team was him getting hurt because what it did was they all tie together now. I mean, look at look in the Rutgers game; they didn't have them. They played outstanding because those bench guys have been able to step up. So I just want to add that point that Livers without them, yeah, they're not as good. But I think what's happened is because they haven't had them much the bench guys have been able to step up. So I guess it's like it kind of ties together, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that because I, it's a situation where, look, all those players realize they need to step up, and a couple of them found different elements to their game that maybe they didn't think they had when Livers was in, when the focal point is on Livers on, uh, in the offensive game plan, and so you're trying to get him the ball instead of trying to do your own thing and create your own shot. And so I think that opened things up. And, I mean, some of that is on the offensive glass. I feel like Livers is a better offensive rebounder than people are going to give him credit for and better than the numbers say. And uh, Brandon Johns, I think, is the biggest example of that. You know, he's able to go in and he's like, okay, I got to do this while Livers is gone. And then when Livers shows up, he's like, hey, you know, I can still do this and we can get Livers running. Yeah. And I, it just – I think that everything – is centered around Isaiah Livers right now. I, ultimately, look, because he's missed a couple games and because he's not had, like, an absurd Cassius Winston 30.9 assist game or he's not had those uh, Jalen Smith triple doubles or he's not leading the league in blocks and steals and assists for big men like Xavier Tillman, because of that, he's not going to get the love that he – ultimately deserves during the postseason. And I think when we hand out our postseason awards, we're going to give him a little bit more love than anybody else. But I think that uh, because, you know, trouble with the snap awards are very similar to that of, you know, the associate press and coaches and all, all those other people. That, uh, but better. Everybody else knows about. Yeah, but, but better. Look, ultimately, Livers is, I think Livers' absence also defines how great he is. And, you know, um, like I said, I was piggybacking off of you. I think those role players and those bench players piggyback off of Livers a little bit, um, which is why they've been able to step up. And, look, ultimately, I I don't know if he deserves player of the year consideration just because of how good Dars has been because Cassius Winston's still phenomenal. Uh, And then you have... Jalen Smith or Anthony Cowan, whichever one you want to roll with. Yeah. Uh, in regards to Maryland, he's not going to get those votes. Michigan struggled way too much this season. Granted, he was out, but I think that he deserves it. Um, he he's not going to be first team All Big Ten. There's a chance he deserves it. I haven't sat down and broke it down. This isn't something that you know we really plan on going to too yeah. much depth prior to the show, and so I haven't sat there and looked at it. Um, he, he at least deserves to be second team all Big Ten and if he's not there is something seriously wrong with how uh, Michigan is viewed ultimately no I think that uh, the injury definitely hurts a lot of things uh, postseason awards wise and that's okay though I mean I think Isaiah Livers I, I really understanding a little bit of the program in him I don't think he cares so much I think that uh, no. I think people really truly realize he is probably a pro though a lot of people are really high on Isaiah Livers, you know, people that matter too. And uh, it's, it's kind of shocking because even though he's been hurt, you know, I really thought because of the injury, Tyler, he would for sure come back. That's not a guarantee. That is not a guarantee at all. Um, I, I actually would not be surprised in the least bit if he left. Um, they are really – people are really high on him. Anytime they have a game on ESPN, it seems like the announcer mentions he's an NBA player. Um, and I think that it's so interesting because – I don't think a lot of people would, would think that at first, but when you watch him, you're like, okay, he's got great size. He can really shoot. Um, he, he's a perfect three-man type player. He's been able to play the four at Michigan at times. He started at the four a lot. 
Um, so, you know, he's got great size. He's much bigger than people realize. But, yeah, I, I think that the role-playing uh, talk along with him has been key. Isaiah Livers is definitely a guy you got to have to make a run. No question. They're not going to make a run without him. But I do think that those role players have stepped up and made them that much better. But uh, this is an interesting team right now, Tyler. It really is. It's, it's such a tough conference, man. I watch all these games, and I just want people to understand this. This Big Ten conference is different this year. It is different. As good as it's been for a while, this is just ridiculous how good it is. I mean, I look at teams like Wisconsin who are, I believe they are 17 or 16 and 10 right now. They're 16 and 10. Or they're, they're playing Rutgers right now. They've been winning. I have to check after our show. That's a team that you don't want to play. You don't want to play that team. They're physical as ever. They play great defense. they got a few guys that can shoot shots. And I'm telling you right now, that's not a team you want to match up with. A team like Rutgers, you don't want to run into a team like that. A team like Illinois, if they get hot, you don't want to run into that team. Maryland, super talented. Michigan State, number one in the country at one point. Michigan, rolling. This is really interesting that – Oh, and uh, don't forget what just happened prior to our show. Uh, Pat Chambers and Lamar Stevens showed up at Assembly Hall and got it handed to him in the first half. Indiana with an upset, now looking at the right side of the tournament. Oh, it's, it's incredible. I mean, seriously, like, I, I almost wonder – I am really looking forward to March, Tyler, because of this. You know, we're sitting here talking about role players, right? Well, let's talk about the roles of the teams in this conference. You look at a team like Indiana. When they get hot, they're really tough. You look at a team like Rutgers when they've been rolling this year, really tough. Penn State, they got a star in Stevens, flat-out baller. I mean, they got guys, other guys that have really stepped up, too. Illinois has got, is loaded with talent. Michigan State is as good as advertised at times. Uh, Maryland's got un- unbelievable talent. Michigan's rolling. I mean, the, the list goes on and Ohio on. State, Ohio State and uh, Ohio State, Maryland meeting up at four o'clock today. In yeah. um, that game, obviously, it's going to carry a lot of weight, especially with Penn State's loss, and could impact things down the stretch for a couple teams that played Tuesday night in Iowa and Michigan State. I'm going to say this, and I know this is a huge statement, but after watching Kansas and Baylor yesterday. Number one, Kansas is very good defensively. They would fit in in the Big Ten very, very well. They're physical. in the NBA since they got paid. Right. Well, my point is this. People don't realize how physical the Big Ten conference is, and they also don't realize how terrible the officiating is. It's horrible. So a lot of guys can just do whatever they want out there. I'm going to make a statement, and this is a huge statement today, and I really hope hope it doesn't turn out to be like the NBA playoffs because I got owned with my picks last year. I really believe for sure that there will be two teams, at least in the Big Ten and the Elite Eight. I really believe it. And I'm going to make an even bigger statement. And this is going to be a shocker, but I really think this is going to happen. I think there will be two teams from the Big Ten in the Final Four. And I know that people are going to be like, are you kidding me? Why would you say a thing? This is why. I don't think that there's four teams in America right now that I think are straight up on any given night when they play their best and the Big Ten team plays their best that they're better than. I don't think there's four teams. I can't name one. Now everyone's like, yeah, right. But if you really think about it, Tyler, the two the game we've seen yesterday, Baylor and Kansas, 
I will put Maryland against Baylor any day of the week. I will put Michigan against Baylor any day of the week. I will put Michigan State against anybody any day of the week on a neutral floor. I will put, you know, probably those three teams still. Maryland, Michigan State, Michigan, in my opinion, on any given night when they play their best, especially with livers healthy, those three teams, in my opinion, still can beat anybody. Let Let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. Illinois. Illinois talent. You have two, absolutely. You have two dominant bigs. You have a great point guard in Frazier who doesn't get the love that he deserves because of guys like Cowan, Simpson, and Winston. And then on top of that, you also have Io DeSumo. Right. And he's been about as clutch as can possibly be this year. I know everyone knows that how high I was on him earlier on in the season. So, look, this – this is, without question, the deepest conference in America. Indiana just proved that a little bit today. Um, Michigan State and Iowa going to be battling and looking like they're trying to fight for that uh, for one of those uh, Friday slots yeah. in regards to uh, the Big Ten tournament. And obviously, we'll break down all of that um, and we'll break down what happened in the Michigan State-Iowa game. Yeah, Unbelievable. We've had to wait until the end of February to get Xavier Tillman versus Luca Garza. Right. Unbelievable. Because Tillman, here, here's the thing. Tillman's numbers are definitely the furthest from flashy. But let, let me break down what he does, and then we'll talk about the role players in East Lansing. Um, look, Xavier Tillman's averaging over 13 points a game. Averaging over 10 rebounds a game. He's getting over three assists. He's getting over two blocks. He leads all big men in the Big Ten in steals. He has the ability to shoot the three. He's got a 3.7 GPA and two kids at home. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. is that possible? Yeah, doing pretty well we, in life. You know, I mean, balance. We can barely put together a half hour to do this show. Right. I was about to just say, I mean, how is he, how is he getting a double-double? I'm having a hard time doing this show and not chasing my son around or hearing him in the background. Yeah. 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 It, what, what he's been able to do this year, I think, is, I think it's one of the most underrated seasons in the history of college basketball. Now, obviously, a lot of it depends on you know, what he does in the tournament, how he survives against other bigs, which I think he'll do okay. He's outdone Kofi Coburn twice. You know, he outdid John Teske. Obviously, he has the best big man in the conference coming up on Tuesday. We'll, we'll see how that goes before we make any, you know, irrational, uh, any irrational statements regarding it. But well, he's been absolutely. in the Final Four? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, but let me just say something. My, <laughs> Bill Walton just checked in. No, on a serious note, we're going to talk straight Michigan State because you. I don't want to stay off topic. Michigan State because we're going into their role players thing. And number one, Tyler, what you're saying, Tillman's been great. I mean, people don't realize that he's had a great season. Um, he, he played Jalen Smith when Maryland showed up. Right. I Michigan State would be that one team. I, I still think that when you have someone like Winston, it's, it's been a weird season for these guys. We all know that. I mean, they're 18 and 9, and, you know, people aren't talking about Michigan State. I think that's good for Tom Izzo. I really do. I think this is perfect for him because now he can say, look, we're one of the best teams in the country. Nobody believes in us. That's fine. We got our, you know, that, that whole Spartan attitude. This is perfect for him. They can come in here. They can play really well at the end of the season. Hey, they, 
maybe even in the Big Ten tournament, they don't even play that well. You know, we've seen this before, Tyler. We've seen it, or where maybe they get clicking at the end. I think Michigan State is one of those teams, and I'm going to make an even greater statement today, which could be kind of scary for me to do this. I would not be surprised at all if it was the three Big Ten teams I mentioned, if it was Michigan and Michigan State making the Final Four, which I know is a huge statement. People were like, Jeremy, are you on something today? No. Well, we also have to see how the selection committee states right. teams because if you go back to last year, you know, Michigan State played Minnesota in round two. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was the biggest load of crap. Right, right. But it, it, I think it was it was perfect because, you know, Michigan State, they, you knew they were going to beat them. I mean, you know, they, they, well, they were – Jordan- was hurt anyways. Yeah, so. they, they were a much better team, and they already had handed it to them in the Big Ten tournament. It was it was an easy win for them. But my point is this: I think Michigan State, with the role players they had, they just need to play well. Just play well. Don't play bad. And I think with Tillman and Winston, you know, you have two guys. Hey, you got a point guard and you got a center. That's that's what you need. Michigan's yeah. still kind of the same way, where it's a little different now because they have livers. Where you know another guy who can really play. When you have two or three guys who have been around the block, like Winston and Tillman, those two, and then Michigan, Simpson, Teske, Livers, but really, I'm sorry to say it, but not so much Teske, Simpson and Livers. Those two guys have been around a lot. Yeah, they've been like for three years. Teske's probably in year two of showing up. Yeah, and then as much as Xavier Simpson drives me bonkers, he drives me crazy. I don't like even watching him play. But for some reason, it just works. Kind of James Harden-ish. No. You know who it is? It's it's almost like Kyle Lowry-ish. It's like, you know, uh, he's just not Mm -hmm. that good. But gosh darn it, he gets it done. You know, he gets it done. They win a lot of games. And, you know, look at it. 500 assists, 1,000 points. I mean, it's just like, wow, the guy's really accomplished a lot. Michigan and (laughs) Michigan State, I'm telling you. I don't know why I feel it this year. I hope I don't jinx it by saying this. I would not be surprised at all if they both made a run. I think Michigan's clicking at the right time, and I think Michigan State's just too darn talented. Why do I think feel that way? I think the role players are part of it. I think Michigan's role players, like we mentioned, and I do think the guys we're about to talk about are still going to play great in Henry, Brown, and, and I really think it's going to step up for them. Yeah, and let's start with Gabe Brown. I um, 17 points, four rebounds against uh, Nebraska. Now, I think, uh, you know, Michigan State's obviously dominated them on the boards. A lot of that has to do with the size thing, and we're going to break that down in a little bit when we talk about somebody else. Um, but Gabe Brown, 17 points. They said uh, during uh, during the telecast that his previous career high in the Big Ten was 15 points also against Nebraska, and they said, oh, there's something about this team. Yeah, it's Nebraska sucks. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But that said, Gay Brown only averaged, or I think he may have only scored around three points or something like that over the previous five games. Now, granted, yeah. he missed a game and a half. Um, they said sick. Uh, he started playing a little bit more against Nebraska. He, he hit his first three, missed a second, and then he hit one with the shot clock winding down. And I think that kind of lit a fire under him. And I think that Look, this guy is a ball of energy. He doesn't sit there and always beat his chest. He doesn't sit there and make all those uh, goofy gifts on the sidelines like uh, you can find all over Facebook. 
But he has that ability. He has that spark. He has the athleticism and the size and the length and the shooting ability to really be a difference maker. Let's talk about him first. Yeah, he's not just a gift. I mean, he he's a player. He's a player who has had some experience stepping up in the NCAA tournament, by the way. Uh, you know hold on, hold on. You've, you've made a lot of bold statements here. I'm going to make one. Gabe Brown, as of right now, where it stands this season, and this is something that another one of our mutual friends and I have talked about a little bit. Gabe Brown, with that size, with that athleticism, and that ability to shoot, has the most NBA potential on this Michigan State team. Well, there's no question. I 100% agree. I mean, with the length and uh, uh, lefty, excuse me, great shooter at times, streaky. Uh, could guard multiple positions, no question. And I and I think he's going to be a key piece towards the end of this season. I think he's going to be a guy who he had a great moment last year, played really well against LSU last year in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, he's had some great moments this year. Uh, I, I really think he's key. He, he was the main defender on Powell come the end of the game and kind of slowed him up, you know, just enough for – uh, Watson Winston to take over. Sure. I mean, he, he's a big piece. And I think that's kind of why, you know, I made the statement I made that I think Michigan State can make a run. I mean, he's a huge piece to that. He has to play well. I know he was sick a little bit. He, you know, and, and, and look, it's people don't understand this. I know that we're just kind of going all over the place today, but it's, it's kind of fun to say things like this. When you're in Michigan and the weather sucks all the time, uh, it's, mu- <laughs> it's much like the team. Where we're peeking our head out now. It's getting sunny. It's March. It's Tom Izzo time. Uh, thank God the weather's warm. Oh my God, it's forty-five, fifty in Michigan. You know, I mean, that's that's just how this state operates. Michigan's peaking <laughs> at the right time. It's role players. It's. I, I, can we please get to the point now where people realize Michigan and Michigan State are both really good basketball programs. They've done a yeah, lot. Absolutely. So let's let's quit absolutely. let's quit beating each other up here as fan bases and realize it's pretty special that seems like every time during March we have high expectations. And I have really high expectations for Michigan State to make a run. And Gabe Brown, Aaron Henry, guys off the bench like Kyle Orange are a reason why. Because Tom Izzo does this year in, year out. Guys step up, make shots. I don't expect anything less. But let's let's talk about Henry for a little bit. Because the, the thing that's really been said about Josh Langford. Now, the reason I bring him up is because, look, he was the guy who was supposed to be starting over Henry last season. Um, Josh Langford is one of those types of players who, if you shoot the, if he's shooting well, he plays defense well. Yeah. And ultimately, that I mean, look, let's be real. That's how about ninety nine percent of all basketball players work. You know. Uh, you had, you have those occasional, you know, defensive stopper type guys, but he's one of those players who, you know, if he was shooting well, his defense was stepping up. Aaron Henry to me, he's a little bit different. And I want, I, I want as much as I don't want to, because I felt it was such a depressing loss. Um, go back to the Maryland game. Aaron Henry in the first half, he didn't do jack squat defensively. Yeah. He, he didn't do anything. He was terrible. He couldn't rebound. He had no rebounds. In the second half, he had five rebounds. In the second half, his offense started coming forward. And I think that was when Tom Izzo challenged him and Watts, especially on the defensive end. And when Henry was locked in defensively, 
he became locked in offensively. He wasn't thinking. He was just playing his game. He was thinking, he was obviously you've got to think and you've got to be locked in on the defensive end against the team with the weapons that Maryland has. And he was so zoned in. He, you know, shot clock's winding down. He's not even thinking. He's just working on getting his crossover down to get that elevation. Um, he's not a pretty crossover. Let's face it, he doesn't have the greatest handles, but he's got enough elevation and he's a lefty that it, it works. He's able to get it off. Yeah. And he's one of those types of guys that I, I'm, he's the opposite of Langford in that regard. And that's why I brought him up is when he is locked in defensively, everything's going to come offensively. Everything's going to come. You saw that last year. Last year, um, McQuaid was the primary defensive stopper. Henry was secondary, and he wasn't thinking about his role on offense. He was thinking about his role on defense, and that's when you saw him play better last year. That's why you saw him play better all of last season on the offensive end. This year, he's right there. He's he's starting. He started to realize, uh, hey, you know what? My defense is going to be what carries this team. You have all. You don't have like a ton of offensive weapons. It is mostly Winston and Tillman. Yeah. But if Henry locks in defensively and Watts locks in defensively, you don't need to score a lot of points. And that's what this team needs to realize. I think there, there's some statements you made are absolutely true. My Here's my problem with Henry and Watts, and this is the hard part with basketball. When you're called on to be really, really good on both sides, it's tough. It's a lot tougher than people realize. Now, there, there's a lot of players for both schools that are called on to do a lot. Let's just be honest. I mean, Rocket Watts is called to play, be a great defender and score. I mean, Aaron Henry is called on to be maybe the best defender and score points. Uh, Xavier Tillman is called on to play good defense inside. To do everything. And do everything. And Cassius Winston has to run the show, and he can kind of creep around on defense. and, and Brings his kids at halftime, all that stuff. You know, I mean, you know, he <laughs> – Cassius is your offensive guy who runs the show. He, we can't call on him right. to be a great defender. My point is this: when you when you have a guy like Henry, you are sure. I I do agree with the when he plays good defense, everything clicks for him. Absolutely. Uh, I think Rocket Watts is a guy you could almost join them together and say, "Look, you guys both have to shut people down." And I think they've showed that yeah. at glimpses and uh, stages of this <laughs> season. And but they got to score. I mean, look, Cassius Winston. Well, Watts. Well, Watson Henry did defensively the last 18 minutes against Maryland gave me a lot of hope. Even though, even though Michigan State lost, and look, Watson made a mistake. He dug and didn't recover right away. And, um, on that corner three, even though he made a mistake, those two guys showed me that Michigan State can win the national championship. Well, I think the conference is just so darn good. I think that we could probably say that about Maryland. If Maryland is clicking, you know, they could go all the way. I mean, this conference is just so good. I mean, literally I'm watching. Right. But, but go, but going into the Maryland game, I feel like those championship aspirations for Michigan state faded. Well, they're, they're going to be, you know, like I said, here's the deal. People that don't understand Michigan state, like we do, they're not even into the conversation. But people who understand basketball and know what this program has done and where they were prior to the beginning of the season, they should know that Michigan State is ridiculously good. I mean, Cassius Winston was the point guard last year, by the way. <laughs> they went to the Final Four last year, folks. Xavier Tillman was on that team. Gabe Brown was on that team. Aaron Henry was a starter on that basketball team. Rocket Watts is a 
a more talented player than Matt McQuaid in a way. Let's just be honest. I love McQuaid. He was a senior leader. He's smart. And Rocket's not at that level. Not even going to go that route. But my point is this. Rocket Watts is a more talented basketball player. So the excuse, oh, no excuses for Michigan State. But and the, look, Watts showed he can be that lockdown guy yeah. with what he did to college. But I think that Tom Izzo Tyler loves this. I think he loves the fact that nobody thinks we're going to do it. This is perfect for us. Let's just get better. And and but here's the one problem that you know there is times when it can go the other way when you're just not playing well and and the wheels fall off. And we also have seen Tom has some really good teams not win. So there is that part of it. But if anybody that knows Michigan State like we do, they know that this team is so capable of making a run. This program is very capable of making a run. They've got all the pieces. And I would not be surprised. Again, I really think that two Big Ten teams are going to go to the Final Four. And I'm telling you, man, I would not be surprised at all if it was Michigan or Michigan State and Maryland in there. I think those three teams have all the pieces to do it. I don't think that – I think Illinois is just a little too out of control for me. I think in a neutral site – you know, game where they're playing a team who's hot shooting. Illinois is not a great shooting team where right. Michigan State can really light it up at times. Michigan can really light it up at times. Maryland's got guys who can shoot, and they're just talented. Maryland's just super talented, and uh, they can really defend at times. But my point is this conference is so good. You got two teams in the state that we really talk about, obviously, every week that can definitely make a run. Role players are the reason. They've got stars still. And uh, I'm excited, man, because I think it's fun, Tyler. Everyone's just kind of sitting back. Michigan State's no good. Wait a minute. Michigan's making a run now. I think Michigan State will make a run as well. And, and I just can see it. I can see it unfolding in front of us. And, and I love it because I was really getting worried about a month ago that we wouldn't even make the tournament, Michigan, that is. So, so this is kind of fun. We'll have two teams in the tournament, thank God. Yeah. Well, let me, let, me, let me talk about one more guy before we uh, get going here. And I, I feel like this guy is unequivocally the most important part of it all, you know, in regards to we've talked about Aaron Henry, we talked about Dave Brown. Now I want to talk about Kyle Arns. Sure. Um, Kyle Arns obviously had a <laughs> really good game against Nebraska. He's unreliable in the not in his effort, not in his shooting ability. He's an unbelievable shooter. He's unreliable in the fact he's just so unfortunately injury prone. Yeah. And you saw him as he took a charge against Nebraska. He landed on his back. And, you know, people started questioning. You know, he still hit a couple threes after that. There, there was an article by Graham Couch, and unfortunately I did not read it. I did not subscribe to the Lansing State Journal. But, I'm not missing anything. <laughs> but this article – you know, Michigan State went into the Nebraska game with a three-point lead. They couldn't stop. Uh, what's his name, Burke? Yeah. Uh, at the end of the at the end of the first half, you know, Gabe Brown comes down, hits a three. Burke comes down, and answers. Arns comes down, hits a three. Burke comes down, and answers, and that sort of thing. And uh, I think that it, I mean, ultimately, what the headline was reading is that there was a very, very profane halftime speech. And it was coming from Kyle Arms. Yeah. And what was one of the things that I said that this Michigan State team needed? And I said it after 
the first Michigan game was they need that vocal leader. Yeah. Tillman, I think, swatted a ball out of bounds, and I absolutely loved it and lost it and thought it was the greatest thing ever when he turned around and cussed out Gabe Brown for not blocking out. Yep. But apparently there was that very profane speech from Kyle Arns at Nebraska saying he was sick and tired of how Michigan State was playing, and he wanted them to play better. Yeah. Michigan State comes out, blows it out. Kyle Arns has less than, you know, what, one and a half months of basketball with all the injuries that he's had, everything he's suffered. Well, I don't know if he plans on trying to play overseas. I think, obviously, he'd be perfect for it. Yeah, well, no doubt. But he's he's got, like, one and a half months guaranteed left of basketball. And to see someone like that come out with that type of fire, that's what this team was missing. And that's why I think Kyle Lawrence may even be a more important piece than Aaron Henry. No, there's no question. Like, playing basketball in multiple different levels, I can tell you this. You know, we all have a role. And those role players, you know, whether they're a vocal leader, whether they're the guy that comes in and gets rebounds, whether there's a guy that comes in and hits open shots. Uh, Kyle Arns kind of does a lot of everything. You know, he comes in and he hits, does all those, yeah, yeah. hits shots, comes off the bench. He's a vocal leader now. Obviously, it's been noted, which is good. Um, you know, you got to have those guys. And, and he's another guy that, look, another shooter. You got to have guys that can hit shots. And he certainly can. And he's a big piece here, and especially when you're making your run. I want to say this because we've talked a lot about role players and, I, and I've made a lot of statements about the future, all right, getting to the tournament and why I think both teams could do well. Kyle Arnes is a guy who can come off the bench and hit a couple big threes, and we've seen it a lot in his career. He has been banged up, but I think that him standing up, being a senior his last year, that was huge for Michigan State. But he's a guy that mm-hmm. has performed well. I mean, if he's not hurt, man, oh, man, who knows? Who knows how well this guy would have played for Michigan State. But I think that it, it's another storyline. It's another guy that is motivating this program. It's another thing that we've seen in the past. Look at uh, the Ware kid in Louisville. You know, he breaks his leg. It was a horrendous scene. Look how motivated that team was to play for him. Now, Kyle Arnes has been hurt. He probably said a lot of different things. I think it motivated the team. They had 50 points in the second half. Um you know, it's just key. He's a key piece. Well, He's really important. Well, well, let me bring up one more thing about him, too, before you uh, wrap up your thoughts on him. Is in, I, And I'm kind of asking you at the same time, because, look, we have made the statement. Okay, scrap that. The entire country has made the statement, and they've asked about, what does Michigan State do at the four? Do you play Hall? Do you play Bingham? Do you play Kithier? Do you roll with a high hand? Does Marvel maybe get another opportunity, get a little bit more opportunity? We, we've been asking that question. I brought up Nebraska size earlier, and the reason why I did is because Kyle Arnes was playing the four at the end of that game when Michigan State was getting hot. Um, obviously, end-of-game situations, I think you have to roll out Winston, Brown, Henry, and maybe you can do offense, defense, Watson, Arnes. But is that something that you maybe look at? And because Kyle Lawrence, look, when he was a, I want to say sophomore, Michigan State was a very, very young basketball team, and they had, I think they had a couple injuries. And that a lot of them, a lot of those situations were in the post. Do you maybe look at playing Lawrence at the four down the stretch of games? Yeah. Obviously, he's not going to be there the entire game. 
Absolutely. 100% at times. I think this is the time to do it as well. Um, of course, you're going to give up some size. There's no question about that. Here's the thing, though. There's been times, and we've seen it with Michigan playing small. Well, being, if you have a guy like Brown yeah. out there, he's six seven. He's got the length. As long right. as you're not going against two bigs like Illinois has, right? I think you're okay. Well, and the other thing is, what this is what people don't understand with basketball. You know, they say, "Oh, we're, we're undersized. We're going to get out rebounded." Well, here's the thing. I mean, you just mentioned Brown size. He still got good size. Number two, well, they got to guard you. They have to guard you now, and the three-point shot is is what? It's more. It's one more point than the two-point shot. That's the easy way to think. And the deal is, this is the deal. Kyle Arns is a four now, where you got to come out there and guard him, even though he's banged up. He could blow by a typical big. He's not a bit. A big has to run out there and defend him. That clears open. He's physical enough. He's physical enough that clears open lanes to drive because now he's stretching the floor. The game has changed a lot. We got a lot of people who don't understand that when you have. Four shooters, three shooters. Hey, well, by the way, Tillman can shoot too. So, I mean, even yeah. though it's been times when Tom hates it that he shoots it, but he's had flashes of hitting the three. He, he, he has a green light if necessary, if, if right. he's absurdly open. Right. So, Kyle's huge. Playing him the four is huge. You don't have to, like, be that's our staple. It's just something you can go to. And it's all about matchups. Anyone that knows basketball well, which I do, it's all matchups. Well, and- and, and you don't even technically need him just for his three-point ability because what you said is he does stretch the floor. So if you have Arns and Brown and Henry out there with Winston and Tillman, because obviously those two are going to be the guys that are in no matter what. Yeah. Pending foul issues, of course. Changes your whole ball Winston screen and... offense. When you ball screen with Tillman and Winston, you have three yep. other shooters around you. That changes your whole. You offense. can it opens up the entire middle for those two. Yeah, it opens the lane. It, it, it's a two man game with three shooters. That's huge. That is huge. I mean, that was why that was why they were so darn successful last year, where McQuaid was hitting shots, Henry was starting to hit shots. You know, Gabe Brown. Owens could step outside. Owens could be the guy popping when Tillman was rolling. Absolutely, and this is why you got to go that route because they've been accustomed to doing this. So as much as I love Marcus Bingham with his, his potential, potential is the key word with him, um, there's times when you got to go small ball. It always has been. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always a small ball mentality that you got to bring with this team. And honestly, you got to play your best five guys. And probably playing your best five guys means you're playing small ball. It's just how it so, is. So let, me, so let me ask you because we've, we've toyed around with Michigan State's lineup a billion times. Uh, over the year. Okay? Yeah. Winston Tillman and Henry are musts. Sure. Who's the other two? I think... Because uh, because let's because let's face it, Watts is going to enter his name in that conversation Sure, as well. no question. Rocket Watts is... So basically, yes. Cash is at the one, Rocket at the two, Henry at the three, and uh, you just got to decide if it's Kyle or Gabe to play small ball four, or uh, and then Tillman the five. So those are your, I guess, six... If I had to choose today, I'd put Gabe Brown at the four, let him be, uh, uh, you know, he with his length. I think that's key. I think he can still rebound. He does play softer than Kyle, though. Kyle plays a lot more physical. Yeah, he, he doesn't He doesn't always box out. Yeah. He still kind of plays – he's still a two, yeah. naturally. Your best five players are those five uh, with adding Brown at the four. You know, you you got uh, Rocket, you know, Henry. And then there's times you can tinker around, too. You could play – Kyle and Gabe out there at the same time with Henry and, and Cassius and Tillman. You know, there, there's a lot of different lines where now you have bigger because Yeah, and Watts also has a little bit of an issue 
playing, I don't want to say out of control defensively, but there are foul issues. I yeah. Granted, I think that the uh, the three-pointer that Cowan hit, or sorry, the three-point shot that Cowan took where they said he got fouled and sent him to line for three, I thought that was completely bogus, and I would have loved to have seen Watts match up against Cowan the entire game. Oh, wait, a call in the Big Ten that was bogus? No way. No way. I, I know, right? Mike, if Mike eats, Scott, you're right here. Was he roughing the game against? Was he roughing the game against Nebraska? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's why they won. I got it. Hey, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Say, yeah, hey, role play. Hey, let me just say this. This is perfect because we've been having a lot of great topics today. Mike eats a six man of the year. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Tyler. My, this, <laughs> you know, I got ten seconds to say this. The Big Ten officials stink. And the they play a huge role, man. I think that's why the road games are so tough because the refs are so hard to go against too. And and yeah. people think they don't have an impact. They do. And that's another reason oh. why when we get the heck away from that in the NCAA tournament, I can't wait for that. Oh my gosh, they call it fair. Woo! Yeah. We might have a chance. You're, you're gonna call that you're gonna call that hand checking against Purdue when you're not playing in West Lafayette. Right. I mean, you do. You know, it was so funny yesterday in the game. Tyler, Michigan was Purdue played terrible, by the way. Uh, oh, absolutely. Juwan was irate the whole game about something. And I, I mean, the last ten minutes game, he, he the one ref I thought was going to tee him up. Michigan was up thirteen points, and he just kept using a hand motion of basically Purdue drilling our guys. And uh, Eli Brooks got banged up. I didn't see this because I actually was unfortunate. I didn't watch much of the first half. Apparently, Eli Brooks took a huge hit, huge collision. So there's another guy that, you know, I guess he broke his nose. He might be the masked Brooks now. Um, you know, we'll find that out. But, uh, yeah, the Big Ten officiating has been just atrocious this year. And, you know, it, it's I think that that's another reason, like I said, Tyler, I think once we get out of conference and get away from each other, um, I think that the Big Ten will really flourish. So, But, man, I've been so disappointed in the officials. We're talking about role-playing. The role that the official has played this year – has been detrimental to the teams. Michigan State has been just hosed multiple times this year. I thought Michigan got absolutely hosed against Ohio State at home. Um, yep. You know, some of the boneheaded calls that's just like, what are you guys doing? Uh, it's, it's either overly physical or overly sensitive. And, and you oh, know, and then then you get that awkward moment at halftime where it flip flops. Oh, it's like every game. I mean, the Maryland game, for instance. I thought you know the first half there wasn't a call made, and all of a sudden there was a call made every two seconds. Uh, at Michigan State, I, I was blown away by the officiating. Guys were getting killed at the beginning of that game, and it was really benefiting Maryland, who's ultra-talented and athletic. Uh, they were getting away with murder in that first half. Uh, and then all of a sudden, everything was called in the second. Um, and then there was times in the second half where I thought there should have been a couple calls. And it, it's just been so bad. I mean, if anyone watches Big Ten basketball, it is such an unorganized mess officiating-wise. It, it's you never know what you're going to get. The first half could be called one way. The second half could be called another. And I think it's killing the conference in a way because I think that that's why we've had such parity as well. You know, I think that there's been so many tough road losses for teams because of the way it's being called and plus the hostile environments as well. Yeah, the hostile environments, I mean, look, ultimately it could play an impact on the officiating. Oh, I think so too. But I just want to ask you this question. I know we don't have much time, Tyler, but – why is it like that in the Big Ten? I don't see it in other conferences. I just don't. I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but I feel like the officiating is just terrible in this conference. Absolutely. 
But look, we do need to wrap on that note. Um, ultimately, look, a massive game in regards to Big Ten play, especially if Ohio State can somehow upset Maryland. If that yeah. happens, Michigan State jumps right back into the race, and uh, we'll see what they can do against Iowa. I think that that's a, you know, the game of the week, ultimately. And then Michigan State gets to travel to Maryland on Saturday, a brutal schedule for MSU and uh, ultimately could end up shaking things up in the Big Ten race. Are we rooting for Ohio State? Are we rooting for Ohio State in 40 minutes? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. OH. (laughs) And and so we will obviously cover all of that um, throughout the week and, of course, readdress kind of where everybody stands in regards to the Big Ten and uh, Michigan, Michigan State in the tournament. Um, Hopefully the role players for both teams can keep it up. Um, because that can really change things around sure. um, in regards to seeding for the Big Ten tournament and ultimately seeding in the NCAA tournament. But that does it for the Trouble with Sam podcast. I am Tyler Hayward with Jeremy File.